Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Square Ball Podcast. Welcome to the show. The podcast is brought to you by Levi Solicitors, who will do you 10% discount on your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. I'm Dan Moylan. Hello. Michael Normanton is with me. Hello. And so is Moscow White. Daniel Chapman. Hello. If you had a thud on your doormat recently, scared the cat or the dog, that will be the 228 page square ball summer special landing. If you haven't ordered it yet, question is why not? It's available now. It's delivering now. So have a look for that on our website at thesquareball.net. And we're back then doing the Square Ball podcast. That sounds radically different from everything that's happened over the summer. Well, that's not the sound of opening and peeling stickers, is there? Did nobody buy any? Is that is that gone now? Is it is it stopped? It's another trace of one. There's not even a packet to be found. I think the ongoing expense of them when the, the buzz of the tournament is finished, it hurts a bit more, doesn't it, when you're not watching games and you think, well, how much do I really want? another Hungarian substitute. Is that is that worth 20 pence a sticker? I'm not sure it necessarily is. It's probably a bit easier now to just go on eBay and like pick up the Calvin Phillips reprint or whatever we need to make ourselves happy than giving lots and lots of money to Panini. We'll wait for the uh, the Premier League stickers to go out. And screw the Euros. That is done and dusted. Uh, what? what are we talking about those things for? Only losers talk about the Euros. It's uh, Bielsa's 66th birthday on Wednesday. He's a nice man, isn't he? Something to celebrate properly. It's amazing how quickly I got over the Euros. I'm just like, yeah, fine. What's happening with Leeds? <laughs> like, literally a day or two afterwards. I'm now more bothered that it's Bielsa's birthday and I've not got him anything because you just told me a minute ago that it was that and um, stress now. It's also almost bang on a year since we got promoted and we got promoted for his birthday, for his 65th birthday, which is lovely, isn't it? I never knew that the dates coincided or overlapped so much. We're recording in that little magic period now, aren't we, between lifting the title and just beating Charlton and Ben White cracking a volley into the top corner just for a laugh even though he'd not done it all season he just waited till the end and went I can do this as 50 well 50 million pound volley we said it would probably add 10 million to his price and we didn't know how right we were I mean on reflection that 30 million we were being turned down last summer and saying it was ridiculous they weren't accepting it probably the right decision wasn't it on balance for Brighton the bastards absolute fair play to them for rinsing that much money out of Arsenal for him is he a 50 million pound footballer he won't be when Arsenal have finished with him I think that's the point they will ruin him yeah it's a shame. I don't understand why. Well, maybe I do understand why, but you'd think Liverpool, after all their defensive problems last season when Van Dijk had his little hurty leg um, and they ended up scrabbling around trying to sign that kid from Preston and everything. And then there's the stuff about Jordan Henderson might not be sticking around because he don't want to renew his contract because probably just because he's annoying. Hang on a second. Isn't he the most special player in the world? Yeah, but when you get to a certain age. But anyway, I mean, you know, we know that Ben White can step into midfield a, a little bit. So you would think absolutely perfect investment for Liverpool and Klopp would be a manager who would, you know, get good things out of him. Instead, he's just going to go go to Arsenal and within a week, he's going to have Arsenal fans TV just screaming at him and he's just going to wonder what the hell he ever got there. And he'll be playing with, is David Luiz, did, is he still there? Is he staying? I can't remember if they've got rid of him. I think I they were trying to. They're trying to dispose of William if they can lift him and <laughs> and defenestrate him somehow. If you but, haven't seen the size of him, by the way, in the preseason photos, it's remarkable, isn't it? It's a very compact little stomach. I'll give him credit where it's due. It's like a little made, made, a little firm barrel. Made me feel good about myself anyway, because I'm not a professional athlete, although you might mistake me for that sometimes. I think it is it is unacceptable to turn up in that shape, isn't it, when you paid as much as he is because isn't he paid something like 200 grand a week or something ridiculous as well I think there were some further photos that kind of suggested he'd been paddy kennied slightly with the culmination of the angles and the um, the tracking equipment he had underneath him but there's no 
question that he's not. Uh, Are you saying basically he was wearing a wonder bra across his stomach? Yes, <laughs> I mean the it tra- was a uh, push and separate across his <laughs> his his uh, stomach and bladder. The tracking equipment goes on the centre of the back, doesn't it? Like yes. the top centre of the back. That's it maybe seems... maybe it pushed his entire front forwards. I think there's new versions of it now that are kind of different. There's some I was reading that are now um, they're putting tracking in players' feet, but I don't think anybody's worried about him having fat feet. Maybe they should be. They put but, it in their feet or their boots? Because the feet is a different operation to the boots, isn't it? The boots, right. yeah. But I think the the wider point is there is not a single player at Arsenal that I can think of who is going to help Ben White be any better. And uh, whereas, you know, if he did go to Liverpool, for example, Van Dijk obviously could give him some tips and help him improve. Whereas, name a player who has got better at Arsenal in the last however many years, it's just impossible. There aren't any. Well, £50 million Ben White is on holiday with a player of greater value. That's Calvin Phillips, who's worth at least £200 million. I'd say so. It's weird to see them on holiday with all their more sort of glamorous England friends, isn't it? I don't know how I feel about it. I preferred it when, when it was just, when it was them two and Tyler Roberts and who else was there? Was Jonathan Leeko there, actually? Yeah, and uh, another one from um, West Brom last year. I've read conflicting reports on this that White and Phillips were in a different part of the same resort. They weren't necessarily together. Oh, okay. They have been pictured together, haven't oh, they? But they? It's, I, th- I think so. But then there's there's a load of them there. There's Declan Rice and Kyle Walker and Luke Shaw. I think they're all maybe on the same general area. But maybe maybe if Ben and Calvin are separate, I think I feel more comfortable with that. As long as Ben doesn't tell Calvin how much his new contract is at Arsenal. Cause 120 grand a week, we can, isn't it? We can probably do without Calvin knowing that. If Ben could lie, say, oh, yeah, just 25 grand. I'm happy with that, though. It's great. It's a really good deal. And uh, just just keep Calvin on that nice low salary for another another year or two. How do we feel about him being on holiday with some of the other characters that are there? Are you happy with that, Moscow? Well, he's just been on one. What was the Euros apart from just like hanging out with Jack Grealish for a month? So I don't know why he then suddenly wants to go and do it again. It is a strange one in that regard because it's like the people who haven't gone on this holiday are they the ones that they really like hated hanging around with at the Euros or this. You know, this would be a great time. This would be the tournament of my life if only Dominic Calvert-Lewin wasn't here. He's a snappy dresser, isn't he? Yeah. Have you seen the photo of him? Mm. Looking like sort of a, like a BG almost style outfit, isn't it? The white suit. I quite admire him, really. Just doing what he wants to do, isn't he? Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. They've noticed they've not taken Maguire, have they? Is he, is he still banned from Greece? Is that two years ago now? Feels like yeah, a long no, time ago. Or was it last year? I, th- I think it was last summer. Was it during? Was COVID happening? I've completely lost all track. He was definitely a man new, wasn't he? And he was their captain in England, captain and all that while he was um, doing whatever he did. Did he get, uh, maybe we shouldn't comment too much on this given it's probably an ongoing legal case or uh, libelous. He got in some bother in Greece, didn't he? Yeah, the the police weren't impressed about something that they thought he'd been involved with. And so they, yeah, did stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Tell you what, I feel feel sorry for in all this. is Pat Bamford. Because he's missed out not only on the Euros, but the holiday afterwards. Instead, he's back at Thorpe Arch, making himself probably vomit with running around a lot. Uh, Pat Bamford's nice to his girlfriend, though, isn't he? Not like Calvin. Not seen her for weeks. Off he goes. Leaves her at home again. Pat wouldn't Pat wouldn't do that. He'd be so he? sensible on this trip, would Pat, wouldn't he? He wouldn't be having any shenanigans. I mean, Pat Bamford, we saw him on holiday last year. His body fat is like 0.1%, so I, I don't imagine he can really go on holiday and enjoy himself. It's no surprise he looks tired all the time at the end of the games. He's too thin. Uh, he just needs, he needs a bit of padding on him. Mind you, the Olympics start this week, and he's been chatting to the Olympics. Is he, is he vying for a place in an Olympic squad? Can, can that happen still? It just sometimes feels like there isn't an interview that Pat Bamford will turn down. I generally don't understand why he's... It's fine. You know, talk to Olympics.com, and it's an interesting interview, and it's all very nice, but there isn't a great British football team, so Pat Bamford isn't in it. He's not going to be at the Olympics. I don't understand why who it is at the olympics.com editorial team. We know what we need. We need an interview with somebody who isn't coming and isn't part of this. And the person we need, and there's millions of those people because, you know, it's only... Could have asked us, couldn't they? Elite athletes. They could have. But instead, you know who's good on that podcast? Him. Well, exactly. <laughs> someone with a small contact book. Just gone. You need to get someone for an interview and they oh, shit, I don't really know many people. Um, They've all gone to the Olympics. Can't talk to him. Pat Bamford? No? Yeah, we'll have him. Fine. So there's him. And he even says, it's put in the, uh, they use the phrase that he, like so many people, I think they say is, um, yes, Bamford considers himself, like so many others, an armchair Olympics fan. 
which is a little bit, it's almost distasteful. <laughs> like, is there a big divide? Like, are people at the um, Olympics going to be seen if you're watching on telly, you're an unpleasant word that I don't want to put you through the hassle of I'm bleeping not, out? not really an Olympics fan. I'm more of a follower. Is that fair to say for your, for your relationship with the Olympics? Unless Bielsa's in it again, which I don't want him to be. I always feel like with the Olympics, the men's 100 metres is basically the, the main thing in it because that's who can, that's, all of the Olympics is just who can run the fastest and the person who can run the fastest is always in that one. Mm. So I think that's the overall winner of the Olympics. That's what I do. I'd, I'd, have, I'd limit it to one medal. Just for reference, by the way, I was talking about Bielsa managing Argentina to gold in the Olympics, not him doing like the shot put or the, what is it, the 100 yard dash that you were just talking about. I like it in the Olympics when you get the odd random competitor who's really not good enough. That's the only other good thing as well. Like when you have a, the other year, was it like a shot putter from somewhere? They didn't have, they didn't send a representative for the 100 metres. So the shot putter was like, oh, I'll have a, I'll have a crack at it. I don't want to have any bash. And he did it in like 16 seconds. But Pat Bamford likes it and he'd love to represent uh, Great Britain, which would be good for those, those island fans. Hoping he makes he's, the appearance for them. He's torching those bridges, isn't he? Never mind burning them. He's pouring petrol on those bridges with Ireland. I mean, he's made it quite clear he wants to play for England now, hasn't he? It'd be it'd be quite difficult for him to to go back on that. His post Qatar human rights work will be uh, will be a joy to behold as well. And the joy that we get to enjoy is um, him in preseason friendlies. And I wonder, have they organised these friendlies just to spite you, Moscow, and your inability to pronounce place names or human names? Well, to help him, I've written them phonetically on the on the sheet. So, um, who are we playing, Moscow? Betis. And who's, who's the other one? Well, you've written Ajax. I always thought it was Ajax or Ajax. Ajax, Ajax is yeah. how I was aiming for you to pronounce that, like, the, like, like yeah. the cleaning product. Yeah, I can say Ajax. And I don't know why I said it wrong before. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're being horrible to me. <laughs> Crumbling under pressure. And it's then the, uh, the bloody venues are playing it at fucking Lugerberg, aren't they? Uh, I think it's pronounced Lugerberuga, actually, <laughs> as the Australians would tell you. Leicester Sestershire. <laughs> the most least pronounceable. At least... Uh, one of my favourite details of the Pat Bamford um, interview is where they uh, they were obviously struggling for some elegant variation to describing as they described as the uh, the twenty seven year old who comes from the county of Lincolnshire in England. Mm, the English county of Lincolnshire. Always good to uh, to know which county your favourite footballers are from. As we sit down and record this uh, Tuesday morning, it is exactly a week until we play at, at Guizley. <laughs> the uh, in Ergerberger. <laughs> <laughs> You looking forward to that? You going to that? Couldn't get a ticket. I saw they gone on sale. They were all gone pretty much instantly. And I've realised I've also missed Blackburn. In fact, I can't get Blackburn tickets yet because there's loyalty stuff, isn't there, around yeah. there? Oh, well, we'll talk about all the loyalty and the away tickets in the second half of the show because there's been a, a bit of a hoo-ha about that, hasn't there? But uh, four and a half thousand tickets at Blackburn and uh, they will sell out. It is mad that we've been given such a massive allocation for an entirely meaningless game and there'll be about 50,000 people wanting one. <laughs> But that's good, I suppose. It did even say in the initial announcement, it said this is it's four and a half thousand tickets subject to being increased. Oh, did it? Yeah, yeah. The immediate like this is there will it's four and a half thousand now. There probably will be more because it's like a seven thousand end. Is that isn't it? A Blackburn six or seven thousand. So just give us a side stand. Just give, give us the stadium. There's really no point fucking about. Blackburn just, fans aren't going to go and watch this particularly. Whereas, give them give them one end. We'll yeah. have the rest. Because I think we, the such is the clamour to see Bielsa's leads. That I think we'd sell most of it. How many? How many do you mean seriously? How many do you reckon we could sell? Ten thousand. It's not that far, is it, Blackburn? Either that's the other thing. For a lot of people, it'll be a not a not dissimilar commute to coming to Ellen Road. It's like if you live over sort of Huddersfield side of things, it's barely any distance at all. Mm. Just just pop over the hills. Yeah, we don't really have a comparison for it because was it last home? Was our last home mm. friendly under Bielsa? Or did we have one the season after at home? I can't remember, but they weren't massive. Attendances, oh, of course, because the next season we fucked off to Australia and lost to Scum, didn't we? But we weren't a Premier League club then, and there was still that sort of. I mean, the last Palmas one was Bielsa's sort of first game at Elland Road, and we looked bloody awful, to be honest. Yeah. There was absolutely no evidence that what was going to happen um, against Stoke seven days later was going was in the pipeline. So those low attendances now, I think, and also having been kind of COVIDed out of the equation for over a year. Um, yeah, people just want to see. I mean, I was thinking about, you know, Rafinha, we've had that thing about um, giving like, Rafinha the idea of what an Elland Road crowd is like. I also sort of want to, I've never seen him in real life. It's going to be like seeing somebody from 
EastEnders or something in the street. From one direction. Yeah, just seeing somebody that you always see on television and then you suddenly see them in real life. You're like, oh. That's Ian Beale. Yeah, they're a lot smaller than you thought. That kind of thing. So it'll be it'll be weird with um, a few of them like that. With reference to Spain, actually, Las Palmas has led me on to thinking about Castellon and uh, Pablo looks like he's heading back. There, shock. Bit of a shock that he's ended up at Castellon. Did anyone see that coming? Well, we did. And then he seemed to be saying, oh, I quite fancy a pop at a higher level. And then he's, he's maybe changed his mind. Maybe he didn't get a decent offer. And he thought, oh, just easier, isn't it? I can't be asked. You know, one of those days when you think you'll go out somewhere at home, and then he gets around to like eleven o'clock, and you think oh, it's too late. It's no point. Yeah, just stay here. I'll just stay here. It'll be it'll be nice. And I mean, it's the Spanish third division. Pablo can absolutely have the piss of it, can't he? You would think he's going to be nutmegging people once every couple of minutes in that league because it's not it's not the same as League One, is it? It's like a regionalized thing in Spain. So it's it's kind of some of it is League One ish, but then probably the some of the worst teams are a bit more Conference Northy. Did they drop from the second tier this time, Castellon? They did. Ah, oh, that's a shame, isn't it? I'd, you know, I'd quite like to see. I'd like to see Fat Pablo. I'd like to see him go there and just really toss it off and get fat. <laughs> do some good living just to make up for the BLC years. Completely like, thinking, oh, I, can, I can afford to put on another stone or two here. Just, well, this is third tier, isn't it? Piece of piss. I'll probably sweat a lot of it out because it's hot here. I don't think you lose fat by sweating, though. <laughs> You justify it to yourself by thinking, I, I can shovel this this full bag of Doritos into my face. That'd probably be Lay's, Lay's chips, wouldn't it, when you're out there? Lay's, yeah. You know, those packets of Lay's. The ham on. Get, exactly. Get some ham on Lay's. I might get some Pombears from yeah. Germany, but they're popular in Spain. They're very popular over here with children as well. You get Pombears in the UK. Of course you do. Yeah, yeah. Of course you do. Where? Uh, Everywhere. Supermarket. bargains. Yeah. As the Tesco. I could, could keep naming shops if you want. I'm fairly sure that Aldi do their own knockoff version of them as, as well. well. So they're popular enough to get like a ripoff version, don't they? Yeah, I, can't, I used to buy them. I can't remember what they're called. I haven't had a pom bear for ages. I'll, I will bring you some. Are there, are there any sponsorship spots available for the, the podcast new season? <laughs> pom bears in association with the square ball. But yeah, I, th- I think Fat Pablo could. Um, could be still be impressive in the Spanish third tier. Just having a really nice, like I say, yeah, good living. He's clearly going mad for the patatas bravas. I think it could take years off him as well, putting a bit of weight on, because he's got quite a, a drawn sort of face, hasn't he? Because he's so thin. Yeah. Nice, cheerful, chubby face on him. And he's going to see a bit more sunshine as well in Castellon, rather than it being like, you know, pottering around in York, North Yorkshire, half-starved to death. <laughs> good for him. But Castellon looks like a nice town, so it'll be nice to visit that and watch him play. And what do we say of Gianni Alioski? We don't know yet, do we? He's still not gone anywhere. Uh, it, it feels ominous now, though, doesn't it? It feels ominous. Because the Galatasaray rumour went away, and then it's resurfaced, and it, I don't know, it just it feels like he's going to end up there. Although, I mean, he obviously has spoken to them, which I guess if we're going to judge him for signing for them, we should probably judge him for speaking to them, because it's obviously not, a, not the moral decision. He's not made a moral decision to not sign for them, has he? So if he ends up not signing for them, it would be a because they weren't of matching the right terms mm. kind of thing. I don't, I, well, well there it is depends the, whether that's yeah. a conversation with him or whether it's with his agent and whether mm. and which side is driving it. Because what seems to be the situation is that they have a vacancy for a left-back and they want either Alioski, it's Van Aanhal from Palace. Palace, or this Paris Saint-Germain one. Who Do they have to pay money for him if they want him? I can't remember if, they, if that, that one's free as well. So they've got three options and they're basically, yeah, so there's two tracks to it. One is that the club itself can be trying to do deals with all of them and talking to their agents and saying, well, you know, oh, we're, Alioski wants this, we'll give this to Van Arnholt, you know, and, and playing them up against each other. And also all the news websites who, I mean, they have an insane number of followers and so they the websites and the news outlets that follow them get an insane number of traffic out of writing about what their club might or might not be doing. So it's very easy to just recycle the names, Alioski, Van Arnhal, Paris Saint-Germain, just do them on a, a routine. And that has been the only sources of information. There's just been news websites in Turkey saying, this is likely to happen. And it might, it might not, but it, I don't feel like what came up last week was any more definite than what came up two months ago mm. or three months there's, ago, there's a lot it was. Of, there's a lot of supposition built into into it, isn't there? And it's no more, I don't think it's been any more concrete than Rodrigo de Porta Leeds, for example. If you were to take the reports about that last summer as similarly veritable, then 
Rodrigo de Paul should be a Leeds player. He should be here now. It, it was exactly the same. This is minutes away from being done. He's doing all this on Instagram. He's replying to idiot podcasts on Twitter and all this stuff. And nothing ever came of it. And Leeds, and we know from speaking to Victor Orta and Angus Kinnear, just said, we asked Udinese if, how much you'd be and then never spoke to them again after that. So there's obviously an opportunity there for him to go and a decision for him to make. And it's... It's strange, I'm slipping into Victor Orta speak, but it's a, a strange market where Pablo can't get fixed up with a, a second division club in Spain. Berardi hasn't found anywhere to go yet. There's not a huge amount of players moving around and sort of getting opportunities. And it could, I don't know, if Alioski ends up, this is the only club that will have him in the end and it could just go down to that. Could be the best offer he gets. We're at that stage where Ken Bates always used to be saying, well, we're unemployed. And, uh, we're back in training. Everyone's like, yes, but we need some players, Ken. And you're like, well, the price is going to have to come down. Some, and they're going to be on a dole. And it was like, no, but Ken, but Ken, please just sign some players now because we it would be beneficial to the manager. But yeah, it's the same. I just I just want him to go somewhere so, yeah. can, so we can just kind put of... It, put it to bed. So we can go one way or another on it. It's like, if there's bad news, fine. We can, we'll have to sort of deal with that when it comes. It, is going off half-cocked every couple of weeks based on just clickbait news reports isn't going to do anybody's health any good. And on the day when it was really kicking off last week, and his agents have never said a word to anybody, their policy is we don't talk about any contract negotiations in public. And Alioski, on the day when it was all going off online, his Instagram stories, and he was getting a haircut in an entirely different country. And that's all he had to say about his situation. So until he's posing in their shirt, it's kind of, um, I don't, you know, it's hot enough at the moment without adding the heat of anger about something that may or may not happen. Interesting to see how this has changed over the course of time as well, because at the start of the summer, you got the sense from around when we spoke to Victor Orta, you know, and he, and he said that they were confident that he'd stay and that you wonder if there's a difference between the conversations the club has had, like Victor Orta had with Alioski himself versus the agent. And maybe that's where there's a, there's a source of difference or or tension. That's not me trying to excuse what he ends up doing or where his ultimate destination might be. In fairness, it is an agent's responsibility to say, to bring offers to a player, isn't it? And say, I know you said maybe you didn't, this wasn't your first choice. However, they are offering X amount a week. You might want to balance that up against this team. And then that club can go to its friendly media people and say, right, we're in discussions with so-and-so about this player. And so, and it's all true and yeah Alioski I think he I think it is true that he hadn't made his mind up at the end of the season I think it's probably you know do we even know if he's made his mind up now because the day after all the hoo-ha last week there was another round of stories saying he'd walked away from negotiations because he couldn't agree personal terms and now they were back to the other player and then the next day it was him again and a factor in all this could well be Junior Firpo I don't know if Alioski I don't think um I don't think there would have been there was the thing at the awards when Victor Orta was on the stage saying to him, you know how I feel about you. I know you've got decisions to make. I don't think everybody would be going through all this. Nobody's acting here. I think there's genuinely, can we make Alioski stay until the last minute? And then I wonder if part of his thinking is, well, let's see who comes in at left back. It's Junior Furpo. And he's going, oh, well, I'm not going to He's had the, the Mike Whitlow, Tony DiRigo thing. Was, oh, he's better than me. I'm not going to play. Sorry, who was, who was better than who with the Dorigo Whitlow? Whitlow was better, okay. but um, but <laughs> he was uh, he he did act. He pretended, although he stuck around for the season. But um, Whitlow always says now he says, "Yeah, I, I couldn't get into the team after Dorigo turned up because he was way better than I am." And if Alioski, it may have been part of his thinking. Well, let's see who they sign as a left back this summer, and do I fancy my chances against them? And it's gone. Oh. No, he's he's dead good and he's going to mm. play all the time. Mm. To Alioski's credit as well, and it was something Victor Alter said as well, he, he said he was amazed at how physically committed he was in the last games of the season for someone who was about to leave, essentially. And that's I think that made him think maybe he was going to stay as well because he was showing a level of commitment there. Whereas, like, you know, I mean, the thing Charlie is, Taylor, when he knew he had yeah. a move lined up and just went, yeah, I don't really fancy playing because I've got this, I've got some money coming in. The problem is if he ends up there, Oh, there's nothing. None, none yeah. of it counts for anything. No. That's the problem. So, I'm, but I'm like you, Michael. I, I kind of, I just want to know one way or another now what's happening, so we can all just exhale on this particular point. A bit, it's a bit like Kiko, actually. Like we've all now, Kiko has gone. We've been able to go. Okay, fine. That's a conclusion that we at least we understand what it is. We're reaching a point where we're dealing with definites. 
and he's definitely gone on loan to Elche. And he's definitely sticking to his story as well, isn't he? That's the other thing with him, because we, we knew he was leaving last time we recorded, but we didn't have his statement, which was, and he's, I mean, it's a big, long thing. I won't read and It's horrendously formatted. I don't know what. The formatting is actually bewildered. It's remarkable. What what he's done this on. It looks like he's done it on, has he done it like on an old version of PowerPoint or something, then stuck two slides together? I think it is. The background pictures are the same as from his non-apology to uh, Jonathan Leakle after the, the verdict from the FA he put his uh, his case then using exactly the same format but it's I mean it's it's way more difficult to uh, to kind of the way he's, he's outlined the word respect he's like giving it a, a shadow background mm-hmm. and the uh, hashtag marching on together at, at the end and, and made them different sizes to the rest of it which feels way more complicated than just typing out in in notes or, or whatever so he's worked really really hard to make it look this shit so respect to that. I mean, um, yeah, the key line in it is when I defended our shirt 100% times, I did it with respect in massive uh, massive capitals. What, what does that mean? I think what? it means he didn't do the thing that people said he did. I assume he's what he is. He is very much getting at with, with the, the large writing. Yes, I can swear to everybody when I defended our... I mean, that was the problem in swearing and shouting things. When I defended our shirt 100% times, I did it with respect. Hmm. Also doesn't translate into actually like catching a football and stuff like that, but whatever. And what I'd like is he's gone for the uh, the um, the parents texting you option of uh, all caps for the line under that, which is "see you soon again!" Exclamation <laughs> mark. I don't think we will. Do you? Uh, no, I don't think we will. Uh, we had unforgettable moments. Yeah, it's like the fucking derby playoff will <laughs> <laughs> be burned into my sight forever. And then thirty seconds after you'd conceded that fucking goal, when you did it again. And Luke Ayling marching off the pitch, fucking yelling at you and pointing at the bench and pointing at you and saying, that fucking idiot. There is, um, I'll qu- never forget that. Kiko, no! That's mainly what I remember. <laughs> there is a question around this. Like, all keepers make mistakes. Like, Melier made a mistake at Arsenal, for example. It's interesting when a keeper becomes defined by their mistakes and remembered for them rather than the good stuff that they did. Because Kiko wasn't terrible all the time, but he has come to be defined by his errors it was just when he had to do things, he was bad. But there were times when he did, you know, good saves and stuff like that. And, yeah, there were some, but I feel like on balance, how many shots Melier has had to deal with in the Premier League has been, I mean, I don't know the stats. I imagine he's had to have like th- deal with three times as many things as, he as was, Kiko had to do. He was top four of Premier League keepers for shots against. And I imagine Kassir was probably bottom of the list for the championship. And the thing with, yeah, Kassir didn't have as much to do. And also Melier last season, and we, we spoke about it, there would almost the game did not go by without him making a save where you went, wow, that was a really fucking good save. Whereas Casilla, if you made just a bog standard save, you'd have, oh, fuck, he, he saved that one. And maybe that was unfair that we had that level of, of pressure on him where we're expecting every shot to go in, but he created that for himself. But I don't remember a Casilla save where you go sit back and go, Wow, his agility, his ability. I can't believe he managed to get that one. Whereas Melier does that like once a game. And that's a, a big difference about him. People do ignore the, the good amongst the bad. I remember the, the QPR game when Felix Fiedvald let that ball bounce in front of him and then it went over his head and they scored. Nobody talks about how two minutes later, the same ball, he dived very bravely at people's feet and stopped a certain goal to keep us uh, in that. And I always remember him. Um, it was one of my favourite salty Thomas Christensen lines when he was being interviewed afterwards, and somebody said, "What, what have you, uh, what have you said to Felix Fiedvald about his game today?" And he said, "Well, what, what am I uh, supposed to say to him? Congratulations." <laughs> um, so Felix Fiedvald did one good thing once, and yeah, I just can't remember enough. I've, I like to feel like I try to be fair about Casir as much as possible, but when I think back through it. I just don't remember many good things. The deal with Kiko as well is that we were we were buying a finished article, weren't we? Mm. We were buying a, a goalkeeper in the the prime of his career of a, a, with a load of experience, having worked at, at a very top level, admittedly not his first choice, but he was meant to come in and just be good. And don't forget the Ipswich game. So a week before that Derby playoff, last game of the season away to Ipswich, he did exactly the same fucking thing. Edge of the area. Let a ball bounce, mix up with the defenders and Ipswich go in and score. And we lost to them. And the Charlton game that had the, the racism incident in it, 
even before that, we lost 1-0 in that match. Vital points. We beat that team 4-0. I know everybody, what, right, we beat that team 4-0, pissed with Melier in goal. <laughs> Absolutely no problem. We play away there with Kassir in goal and he drops a corner at the feet of their striker. He was headed at him from about six yards and he just kind of... It spilled was, it off his chest, didn't he? It was yeah. as if he... And I, and I remember we tried to kind of see it from his point of view at the time because he'd been out of competitive top flight football or league football for years sitting on the bench. So I was like, oh, well, you know, he's not... He needs to go through these situations. And so we're as kind about it as you could possibly be. But all this stuff about, you know, oh, he helped us get up. He kept all those clean sheets. We wouldn't got promoted with him. Fucking, we dropped three points at Charlton and Charlton were fucking terrible. And it was his fault. They were so, all right at the time, in fairness. They were they were a sort of top 10 side at yeah. the point we played them. Yeah, they were good then, weren't they? They were, they were yeah, fucking vying for promotion. Charlton, we should have beaten Charlton. Yeah. yeah. What Melier brought to the team in the Premier League, I don't think Casilla would have would have done anything like that from from the saves that he makes just down to being a cool dude. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. On goalkeepers, it's good to know that Kiko's successor, the young Norwegian kid, immediately caught Kikoitis. Oh, bless him. He's come so so highly rated, talking about uh, Christopher Klaassen, who's 20 years old. He's Valarenga's first choice keeper at such a tender age, like Melier was with us. Shit hot reputation. And then as soon as he's heavily linked to Leeds United, that's it. I've not actually seen this. What's he done? Uh, he, he just made a couple of fairly serious ricks in, in the game that he played and they were Kiko-esque. Oh, well. <laughs> hey, we've got time on his side. That's the important thing. He's not going to peak as a keeper for you know, a number of years yet, is he? So we'll we'll watch it with interest. Um, he's one option. Freddie Woodman, another option, the Newcastle reserve keeper, who's 24. He's been on loan at Swansea last couple of years. Good reputation. I mean, he's played an awful lot of games. It does make you wonder if he'd be happy to come and sit on the bench, though, because, well, it is the championship and he'd be getting a move to the Premier League. I don't know. I don't, I don't understand substitute goalkeepers. There are some who seem to like it, Kiko being probably one of them, who just like, this is fine. I quite like not playing football. I'm just happy to be Sat here, mainly waiting. Bournemouth seemed to want Woodman. And then um, Begovic, I think he's going to Everton. He's having such a weird career where it's like having um, one season at Bournemouth, then a season at Milan, then a season back at Bournemouth, then a season at Everton. It's like, what's going on? And also he's like 58 years old. So yeah, goalkeepers, strange business. It feels like um, 
the difficulty with signing Freddie Woodman would be the Newcastle factor because they had to cancel his proposed loan move to Bournemouth because they had two friendlies arranged at the same time on the same day and not enough goalkeepers. So they had to bring him back. So it's like, yeah, fucking the management at Newcastle is still as sharp as ever. So you'd probably go there and sign him and you would just, you'd come away with a, a pile of actual wood. Question about Everton, and we will skirt right round the obvious issue that's making the headlines at the minute. But what is going on there? I mean, because they've got Rafa in charge of them and they've gone from, you know, a guy in Ancelotti who it felt, it felt like had a certain amount of profile and, and pomp and style. Whereas Rafa feels very pragmatic versus that. And they're signing Andros Townsend. That's the thing that got me. And who's the kid who they've got from abroad? Demara Gray. That's the one, yeah. yeah. I mean, everyone has to have Andros Townsend for a bit. I think that's an, a, uh, an agreement. If if your club hasn't had him yet, just wait your turn. He'll be he'll be around soon enough. Yeah, I don't know. It feels like the... It feels like the skin is what it does. It feels a bit like they're going to end up being like Rafa's Newcastle, where he's just going to have to accept maybe grinding out a, a mid-table finish with some 1-0 wins whereas I think last start of last season they were like yeah Champions League it'd be alright this so they were because they were starting to look like they were building something and it, it just feels like the whole thing I don't know has collapsed because Ancelotti's gone they're going to be building that new stadium though aren't they so yeah. um, it'll be um, sort of the years of Arsenal and they were like oh no new, new stadium will, will pay for everything will be great greater than new stadium and then it's going to be uh, more it's going to be really expensive to come and we won't ever win anything so that sounds, that sounds good, doesn't it? The Spurs thing as well, wasn't it? Where they built a really good team and thought, right, and yeah, we'll, we'll kick on in the new stadium. It's going to be brilliant. And then, yeah, they've got Wolves manager and Hurricanes probably going. And I'm not sure who they signed that was similarly underwhelming. It felt like a little bit of an Andros Townsend factor. I can't remember who. Really not been paying enough attention. I mean, there is a warning in both cases about you've got to tread dead carefully with what you do with your managers. And, and it's, you know, it's the unthinkable thing when Bielsa leaves Leeds that, to get the next appointment right but look at what the Spurs did in bidding off Pochettino and then go for uh, Mourinho who's you know an ex- a very expensive coach at that but such a comprehensive change of style just grasping for the Champions League spots and they've ended up in that Euro, you know UEFA Conference League whatever it is and then they were very clearly going to f- for something more creative again and speaking to loads of different managers and then having failed to get anyone they went Fellow from Wolves is available. I know he's he's kind of like Mourinho, but he's like Mourinho, but not a knobhead, I suppose, crucially. He doesn't seem like he'll fall out with anyone and bully any left-backs, which maybe is an improvement for him. So, I don't know, we'll see. But I think it's all lined up for us to get into Europe, is what I'm saying. Those teams who were like kicking around those, those kind of places last year, they're going to be absolute dog shit. I think Danny Ings is who I was thinking of. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, but this is been... him? No, but, I mean, there's a replacement for Harry Kane. Mm. Yeah, it's a bit... um. Jermaine Beckford, Billy Painter, to me. Who else wants Danny Ings? Doesn't somebody else want him as well? I think Liverpool want him back was one of the things. Yeah, well, I, I mean, Andy Carroll's a free agent. Newcastle have finally let him go, so if they, they can have him back as well. Should we get Andy Carroll? I'd like to get him at Bielsa's side. No, he's he's <laughs> destined for Everton. You think? Of course he will. Yeah, I mean, did he play for um, Liverpool under Benitez? I don't know. I'm, I, I don't know enough. I can't remember, yeah, I can't remember the crossovers. But if, uh, if everybody... That um, Liverpool fans once formerly love. Get Robbie Keane out of retirement. Boyhood Everton fan. Send him across the uh, Stanley Park. Warnock has also not worked with Andy Carroll yet, which I feel is a, a misstep. Well, he wouldn't have to the, leave the North East, would he? Exactly. It'd be a dream come true, that move. Middlesbrough's not, it's not the North East, is it? Not properly. Have you seen where... Um, it's neither Yorkshire nor the North East. It's just there. Have you seen where Jags has ended up? Derby. Mm-hmm. Joining the, the Waza revolution. There, you know, like we wanted them punished for their stadium sale and FFP breaches and all that. Actually, this is funnier, isn't it? Yeah. Because we all we all know what's coming. I thought you were going to say then, this is almost like, I want to see him punished, but this is where like, no, he's had enough. Come on. No, no, no. Leave him. It's it's actually, it's the long, slow death that's quite funny here because they, they are getting their comeuppance, but it's, it's approaching so slowly. It's like that scene in Austin Powers when he's going to get run over, you know, by the steamroller. It's no... You know somewhere as well on a Derby podcast or a Derby forum, there's people going, I think Jagielka might be all right. You know, he's he's got good experience. And then they're going to see him on the first game of the season getting run around by someone who's 20 and be like, fuck, he's really old, isn't he? We forgot about this. And he maybe looked a bit better when he was playing for Everton with some other good players. Whereas here, where he's surrounded by a load of other drunk shithouses, he's not quite going to be able to make up the ground. So this is why they're scratching around with like freebies and trialists and stuff in a minute. Ravel Morrison, of course, yeah. that's the other one where... Um, Ravel, yeah. 
Well, what's he called? I'd go with Ravel. Yeah. Ravel. Ravel's good. Rhymes with Graffle. Which just says fucking Wayne Rooney's incomplete lack of imagination. Well, have you seen their preseason friendlies? Scum. And uh, Salford. Oh. <laughs> of course, I'd forgotten it. Salford. <laughs> yeah. So he's just calling in favours from whatever and, yeah, looking at Morrison's. He was at uh, Den Haag last season, by the looks of things, played 131 minutes. For them, good effort. Not really, before not that, really stuck anywhere, has he? No. Year before that, Sheffield United didn't play. Middlesbrough, 216 minutes. Then he was at Sheffield United before that, played 12 minutes. Bless him. You'd like to see him get his uh, his career back on track. Would but you? I'd prefer to see him um, fail miserably at uh, Derby County and contribute to taking them down. What's interesting is they're not selling season tickets, Derby. And there is a school of thought that says it's because... Uh, you are not allowed to do stuff like that when you're insolvent because it's illegal to trade when you're insolvent in the UK. But fans on their forums are saying, oh, well, it's because they're just waiting for a takeover so the new people can come in and get the money. That's, ah. Yeah, maybe, maybe. And they've also made um, Tom Lawrence captain, haven't they, as well, mm-hmm. who, having sacked Richard Keogh for being a passenger in a car that was being driven while by a drunk driver, which may have been Tom Lawrence or Mason Bennett was the other one, wasn't he? I'm not sure which car... He was in. Mm-hmm. But having sacked Keo for that, they've then made the actual driver um, captain <laughs> a year or so later, which is which is a, a lovely move. He's turned up somewhere else as well, hasn't he? Keo, I saw his... Um, Blackpool, isn't it? Yes, Blackpool. God, he's, Ollie Casey's going to have to play alongside him, isn't he? Poor lad. He doesn't deserve that. On the piss in Blackpool with Richard Keo. Good God. Anyway, back to Leeds. Farid Belaya, the number 10 guy who's been linked to us from Mets. Could we tolerate somebody who looks so much like Bruno Fernandes. I mean, he's not Bruno Fernandes, so that, he's got that in his favour. That is a big a big plus, yeah. If he plays as good as Bruno Fernandes... One of your big United favourites, is he? Then I could replace all my posters of, uh, of Bruno, <laughs> as I like to call him, with this guy. So, yeah, I'm all in favour of that. He looks dead good. He's got skills in that, hasn't he? They're like, you know, the old YouTube scouting, which is our, very much our go-to method when it comes to assessing players. Looks dead good on the old YouTubes. Sign him. I say it about everyone we're linked with, just sign all of them. I mean, there's a genuine question, though, like four and a half million quid, which is the reported fee that they want, because he's coming into the final year of his contract. I think the talk is that he's not going to sign another one, so they may need to cash in now and just get something. At 28, it looks dead good. Algerian international. The only question mark is whether, because he's only really done it for one season in League R. So are you fine with that? Are you fine with us dropping four and a half? Imagine that, a time coming around where you could go, do you know what, four, four and a half million is a fairly low risk outlay. Well, we had to cope with this, didn't we, for years? People speculatively buying our players for not all that much because they were like, well, this shit, just set fire to them or something. I'm not bothered. <laughs> we'll just use them for wood. But he does look good, like, and he would occupy sort of a number 10-ish role, which is which does make me wonder whether that is something they want to do or whether, I don't know, whether Auto could convince Bielta to take an extra passenger on the uh, on the plane, as it were, because he, he likes a threadbare squad, doesn't he? We know that. And there's Tyler and there's Rodrigo and then potentially Rafa, who is now occupant of the number 10 shirt. Actually, we don't need him, do we? Let's not bother. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm all for having good players and a number of them. Right, Moscow, you can decide. Are we having him or not? If he's going to block Tyler Roberts' progress, then no. How do you feel about us getting someone called Bait from Chelsea? Then well, it's not just Bait, is it? It's the um, Sing- singular. We should add. Yeah, so it's the singular Bait, but it's also the uh, the three quarter Lewis Baker is the other aspect of this. It's kind of we're going to sign from Chelsea, Lewis Baker. No. T- so that's confusing. Maybe it's pronounced uh, Lewis Bater. Or Bate. Bate, like Bate like Borisov. Well, I mean, like the stuff that you get that you spread on toast, you know, as a starter in restaurants. What's that called? Pate. Yep, correct. Lewis Pate. <laughs> He's being very subtle about uh, his links to Leeds, though, isn't he? Yes, it was spotted, wasn't it, that he'd followed. I mean, look, let's... I mean, Everybody. Is this comprehensive? Junior Furpo, Luke Ayling, Gatano Berardi, Mateus Click, Tyler Roberts, Patrick Bamford, Jack Harrison, Jamie Shackleton, Pascal Strauch, uh, Noan Kenny, Stuart Dallas, Ian Melier, Liam Cooper, Giancarlo Perveda, uh, Crescenzio Somerville's bottom of the list, but has been cut off by this screen grab. I presume there are more. Well, yeah, I mean, you see the scroll bar at the side. Um, there must be more above and below. And I think if you've got as far as following Noan Kenny, who is the only profile on here, these are all his Instagram followers, by the way. Um, he's the only one not verified. So if you're going to go find unverified Leeds players from the under-23s, to follow, you know, it's more than a, a casual interest. I'm not even sure I follow Noan Kenny. He's the only one with his own website, though, as far as I'm aware. Of course, I've forgotten about Noan Kenny's website. 
It looks to have been updated, actually. His, his background picture is looks relatively current. Yeah, he's in last season's shirt on it, so he's still updating it, which is good, good to see. Who is, is it, it still on uh, GeoCities? <laughs> <laughs> it looks a little bit like it's had an overhaul, actually. Um, Young Bates, it looks like he's got a wand of a left foot, plays like a deep-lying midfield role, sort of in, in the Calvin, but uh, he's a lefty, another lefty. We've got lots of lefties in our squad. We did hear all this about Lewis Baker, though, didn't we? Remember all those videos of him taking free kicks with both feet? I think the only advantage here is that we're getting him out of Chelsea while he's still young. It's not the Lewis Baker, Pat Bamford, Izzy Brown situation where they're in the 40s and still just being loaned out to Rotherham every two minutes. Well, Bates did um, make the bench, I think, for one of their Champions League games, so he can't be that terrible. He looks pretty good, and Chelsea fans are said to be not happy about the, the prospect of him departing. I'm pretty sure Scott Wooden got on the bench for some Champions League games. Oh. So, just to make... It, it doesn't mean he's bad, but I'm just saying... And Danny Pugh, I think, also got... He might have even played in the Champions League. Just going back to Izzy Brown for Kiko a second. Kiko won three of them. You know, Izzy Brown... Champions League shit. Where's Izzy Brown ended up? Is it Preston? He's ended up. Yes. And did you see the interview with him where he said he'd still like to play for England? Yes, I did. Bless it. He might. He might. Preston might win the FA Cup. At what spot? What spot do you think he'll play for England at? I don't know. Ask Pat Bamford. Fighting Swedes. On Noah and Kenner's website, by the way, you can... Um, there's a contact page. It's got an actual mobile number on it. I wonder if that's just his mobile number. There's info at noahandkenner.com or you can just give him a bell if you want to chat. Shall we give Noah and Kenny a ring? We could, we could see if he answers. Yeah, we'll try, should we try that. We'll maybe try it another day. I feel yeah, like not, not live on the podcast. That no. would be... No. Feels like I'd be responsible towards the well-being of a young man. Uh, still waiting on the shirts, aren't we, with uh, the old um, snow piss yellow trim on the on the shoulders? Or is it Stabilo Boss yellow? It's just not very nice. That's what it is. You still haven't come round to it? No. I mean, no, it's, you wait to see what it looks like on a person, and then you uh, reconcile yourself to the fact that you'll only be seeing it from a distance anyway, unless you buy one. But yeah, they don't look, they don't look great. It's a bit like buying like a nice car, isn't it? Where you think it's, like, it's a good idea. We've got in bed with Adidas. Oh, they're one of the big two. And you get there, and it's not everything you hoped and dreamed it would be. Like, you get get the expensive car, suddenly you realise it's 200 quid to replace a tyre, and the thing's breaking down all the time. You know what I mean? I, 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 well, no, no. Yes. no, no, you don't. No. <laughs> but not, not buyer's remorse as such, but I don't know. I just I feel underwhelmed so far by Adidas. Yeah, I think we did expect more. And the, the mint choc chip training gear is a bit of a, an odd one as well. Have you seen that? Yeah, I mean, people, like some people are saying, green. saying it's nice, which, which is fine, you know, if you like it. And I, I don't know, I just I just expected more. Like You see some of like the, the retro stuff that like Arsenal get. I mean, like Angus Kinner did explain to us that, you know, you don't get the leverage to get this stuff until you start shifting units. That's about the size of it. You need more power with Adidas because they've got some absolutely massive contracts. Like Boca Juniors is one of the biggest in the world. They've obviously got Bayern Munich that they sell a lot for and Arsenal do... 800,000 shirts. We're about 300,000, so we're not a million miles away. Just give us the Boca Juniors stuff. I mean, Boca Juniors, be easy. it's just Leeds City's kit. Yeah. So it's not complicated. But I think just in terms of getting that extra kind of bespoke detail, and I know they're trying to, what they're trying to do is try to keep traditional stylings with the home kit um, by not overloading it. But then you've put fucking highlighter yellow stripes on the shoulders. Not our colour. I feel like the whole thing is fairly disgusting. This <laughs> The best bits are the completely plain white bits, which is a bit, it's a little bit disappointing that that, because that's the bit you can't really get wrong is the, is the white bit. So anything you've added to it has made it worse. It's the one downside with Adidas is that you're locked into having something on the sleeve, aren't you? There's always got to be something there. Whereas, you know, we are very fussy about our, our kits at Leeds, I think sometimes because it's always got to be, you know, plain white, but with just enough blue and yellow. And not too much, and it's got to be the right shades. But it's got to be blue. It's got to be blue and yellow. Yeah, and it's and it's always got to be absolutely spot on, and it's kind of nobody can really articulate what we want out of a kit, but we know what we don't like, and we're very vocal about that. But also, we do know what we do like, and I think if you go through the Packard Bell shirts from nineteen ninety six when they came in, just white home, yellow away, exactly the same design for each, just different colours. And they were beautiful, but you could never make them with Adidas because you have to have stripes somewhere either on the sleeve or when they do them under the armpit. That's always a bit weird. Um, and I know that they can do them in the same colour, but there's still, so there's that factor. You're actually, so you're so actually, what we should be doing is going back to Puma. <laughs> you're actually even more restricted with But then Puma fucked up all the away kits and the Euros, didn't they? So that's, even that's yeah, that's not true. help. 
you uh, it is a, it feels like a fairly fallow period for shirt design at the minute. It doesn't feel particularly great, but um, Nike have done some nice ones. But I can never forgive Nike for that backwards collar they put on the Liverpool shirt and the Spurs shirt. So ridiculous. You are even more restricted with Adidas because you now can't put stripes down all the way down because you need the patches on the sleeves. So they stop at the shoulder. So they're going to have to be in essentially the same position like every time. Epaulettes. Yes. Would you like Which to? They see? should actually make proper, proper epaulettes. Yeah, yeah, with buttons and fold over and stuff. Go for a real. Uh, nautical theme or whatever or a pilot look like pilots send them out dressed as sailors <laughs> could put squad numbers on it could be like the new sock tags that's true well you can't because you've got to have Premier League patches on one arm and then you know whatever you're whoring off um, visit Rwanda on the other or whatever well don't take the money and put numbers there I and put just random maybe a shirt sleeve sponsorship from a random number generator company <laughs> And Those conf- guys have got the big money. It'll confuse is referees because it, they won't random, know who they're... Random.org. Uh, random. It's that what a- um, Arsenal thought they were getting when it said visit Randa. <laughs> they were um, they were confused. Um, and then, yeah, referees won't know who they're booking, so we'll get away with all kinds of stuff. Yeah, the um, the away tickets and memberships. The away tickets, is a, it's always going to be a thorny one because you're never going to please everyone. What they've done is essentially blow up a lot of the loyalty scheme, haven't they, and lessened the chances of the most loyal fans getting tickets to 50-50, which if you're on the outside of that particular tent, then you want in, don't you? And if you're on the inside of it, you don't want out. So it's a difficult one for them to, well, it's a difficult uh, circle to square, isn't it? I don't know exactly what the answer is. I feel like it's very complicated. I feel like there needs to almost be some weird algorithm in it where if you're loyalty, you get scum away and you get a chance of getting a ticket for like Southampton. If you're someone, if you're someone without any points, you get more of a chance of getting those tickets because yeah. it would feel harsh if you'd, I can see you'd be pissed off if you've been to every non-Premier League game for 16 years and then suddenly the rug is pulled from under Scum away comes yeah. around and they're like, oh yeah, not that one. Yeah, Sorry. You've got a 50-50 shot now, whereas you would have yeah. been guaranteed it before. I mean, there were the more reasonable responses to this and credit to the people who did, you know, take it in the stride was to say, couldn't you have just given us one season on the old system mm. when we're back in the Premier League? Or even adjust the split over time because is it 80-20 at the moment? And because there's the, the reduction in capacity you don't get a like a Blackburn-sized away end in the Premier League, we're going from you can take three thousand. Yeah. You can take seven and a half thousand fans to Blackburn, but you're less than half that at any Premier League game. So that's there's fewer tickets to go around, and more people want to go. And then the people who were uh, who built up all that loyalty over time. So whether it could have been over the next few seasons is you gradually move that you phase it out that yeah. split. So you you phase because it's undeniable that as and that's where the difficulty is as well as rewarding people's loyalty you also want to start the loyalty of new people otherwise we end up with nobody at the end of it because new people can't get in, involved and it's difficult at, at Elland Road as well as how do you keep everybody who is there now happy but also accommodate new people who want to get on board and you can't just sort of say well where the fuck were they when we were going to Histon because in a lot of cases there were seven so it's no like, excuse. It's fair enough that they didn't make it. To Why weren't this. you driving? To yeah, this it's then. fair enough that a lot of people who are now very interested in Premier League, Leeds United, didn't get to those games because they were too young. And but they didn't care enough, Moscow. The way you solve it is by charging everyone £75 for a chance of a ticket to Burnley at home. Something like that. Yeah, I mean, the memberships have gone on sale. Can I just check this? We've got a screen grab of the membership. Um, it's like a table. Is that from the club website? It, yes. We need probably to start lobbying the club to discipline whoever it is has used, has used the Comic mm. Sans font in this table. I actually checked this before. They've not specified Comic Sans. There is a, I think it's called Sriracha. It's a Google font right. is what it's supposed to be. Right. But then it defaults to whatever your system cursive fault is. So when, you, when you're setting up the, the fonts on a website, you... Cursive, you, does that mean curly? Like, right, yeah. Like, right, okay. You can put a list of which it will check on your computer, have you got this font? And if you have got it, it'll show it and it will go down the list. So which one of you two pricks has got Comic Sans? Is it you? It must be me. I don't see Comic Sans on any other websites. I'm not, I'm not taking well, the most hit for of this. Them, uh, most of them will set up. For, I don't think they've properly implemented their Google Fonts installation because it should be taking that font from Google's website, from their API, and, and showing it. But that's not working, so it's defaulting. And instead of having a few options, you should have a few backup options. So it will go... Uh, this similar. one, and if not this one, then yeah. this one, then this one, right? It's just going straight from... It's either that Google font, Sriracha, or 
any cursive fonts that your system has available. So I, when I looked at this, and I was purely looking at it as well to check if they'd really done it in Comic Sans, <laughs> I got a different shit-looking font. Yeah, Comic Sans would have been good for like the uh, the Bates era league one years. It would have felt appropriate, wouldn't it, at, at those times? But okay, well, well, I, I don't know. Is that more upsetting than seventy five quid for the chance of a ticket against Burnley? <laughs> It's expensive, isn't it? And also members who renew get it for £65, but members who bought memberships last year didn't get any money back, did they? Right. Which, bear in mind, there were zero games you could go to, which seems not particularly good value, I would suggest. So mm. it's the downside of being good, isn't it? That people will pay a load of money for it for a chance of a ticket, whereas, you know, there were many a times. I mean, pre- pretty much any year. In just, the, out of the Premier League, you could just turn up and buy a ticket for any game, and just, that's not just the case bal- anymore. Just to balance things out, sorry, Michael, I was going to say, just to balance things out, you do get stuff for your, you know, for your money. You mm. get, you know, you get like a, a season pass for LUTV, valued at forty quid. You also get, you know, discounts on the match day program. You know, you mm. get you get the digital match day program. It's not just, you know, we sell subs where you get stuff like that bundled in. So you know, but the 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 reason anyone buys this is for tickets. That's the thing. It'd be like us having podcasts as yeah, not, you, as the set, not as the set. You, you subscribe to TSP Plus. You don't get any podcasts for that. Or you, you get, get a chance. You get a chance of listening, you get a to, chance a of listening to a podcast. I mean, a lot of it is a big long list of um, of benefits. But well, the I, last, I want a chance to be a mascot. The last eight of them are prizes. So you can. There is a monthly prize draw for um, the seventy five pound people. Whereas the £50 people only get a quarterly prize draw. But you still not might fucking win anything. So, oh yeah, there's actually, yeah, there's only two prizes sections and then below that is junior inclusion. So there's a big section on, yeah, the chance to be a mascot. But if you're 60 years old trying to get an away ticket, I don't particularly see that that's a benefit of a £75 membership. So I don't know. It doesn't feel like it's the the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Have you but, seen some atrocities during your times? Well, or? Arsenal have started that thing oh, now the, where the you, crypto thing. Yeah, you're supposed to get crypto tokens so you can have a say in the club and all this kind of stuff and all that. And oh, yeah, I mean, that's a, a weird benefit. Free entry to under 23s um, and ladies' games um, at Ellen Road. All right, I'm going to be really picky now. They've put a comma in under 23s when there shouldn't be one. And then they've also put um, LUFC ladies' games, even though the team is now Leeds United women. And also, it's free entry to those games at Elland Road. They don't play at Elland Road. They play at Tadcaster. There'll be like one or two, and it'll be cheap entry anyway. And again, if you live in Devon, and all you want is to be able to go to a Premier League match, then I'm not sure that being able to go to a, a misspelt under-23s <laughs> game is uh, for free after you've paid 300 quid to get on Neil Warnock's jet is particularly helpful. The existence of the membership scheme and sort of the the need to pay to get tickets is not the most outrageous thing I've ever seen. I just don't feel they've really got the balance right between the cost and the key benefit, which is, are you going to get a fucking ticket? Which, if you go for the, um, uh, the second priority £50 one, it's highly likely that you won't. And all, you know, all football clubs have always in history traded a little bit on that kind of emotional part of it because you do see a lot of people going well I'm going to just get the I'm just going to pay 75 quid because I want to put 75 quid in and it'll go in the transfer kit and I'll I'll get the discount back on stuff but it's I've never I've never felt particularly comfortable about that sort of obligation that you used to get in um, it used to become a bit of a bone of contention in the the championship and league one sort of Bates days of like we when, when people were boycotting like you have to put money into that football club or else. I was like, give him fucking Ken Bates for money. He spends it on shit. Well, the, the point there though, Moscow, and there are people who do think like that and actually have a degree of sympathy with it because they want to feel like they want to do something for their club. You know, and I, I dare say that's probably the case for a lot of fans abroad who are not going to be able to come to, to games, but they might want to consume the other stuff or maybe get the discount and get the, the match day pass or the LUTV mm. thing or whatever. And, that, and that's fine. I guess the point here though is the people that want to do that trust the people who are in charge a damn sight more than they did when we were under Ken Bates and that you, that you feel like you're putting your money towards something worthwhile in terms of this, I hate to use the term project, but it's a good catch-all term for what's going on at the minute. Well, that's it's kind of quite a traditional and more sustainable and beautiful way of running a football club. And I've always kind of, I like the aspect of it where it is you get the fan, the fans put their money in 
and that money gets spent on on a good team and the team entertains the fans and that's how it works and it can be done either by uh, your season tickets your tickets on the door it's why you buy a shirt but like, it feels like that relationship across football in general is kind of quite broken just because of the sheer weight of money from broadcasting that makes it feel like 75 quid for a membership is kind of you know a drop in the ocean in the grand scheme of things we're not we're not back in the 1950s where it would be you know you pay your membership and that means we can sign a better player now the perspective is more you pay your membership and you are looking at it going well what am i actually going to get out of this because i don't think my 75 pound membership is going to be the difference between us signing junior furpo or not so the you are more concerned about the benefits when you are buying this than you would be in a traditional kind of membership structure and chief benefit is actually getting to see a football match in person and it seems like they've not worked out a way of making it so that that chance is not still very slim i mean the bottom line on this screen grab is the fucking font it's almost well, a sensible font is this one but it does say all memberships are subject to terms and conditions please note membership does not guarantee match tickets so ah well build the big stadium come on i mean there's the ticket exchange isn't there i guess for certain games that'll mean more tickets will be available even if it's like 500 tickets become available for a I can see a midweek game against, I don't even know, we're playing midweek. You don't really play them in the Championship, do you? In the Premier League. Also, there won't be any available. Right, never mind. If we happen to play Wolves on a Tuesday night, some people might not fancy it or live, you know, people travel from all over the country, don't they? And it's not always convenient to get up from Hampshire on a, a midweek or Euro- European games, Michael. Well, they're coming next year. It's true. I mean, they, it'd be interesting to see, actually, for if we can get a League Cup run or something going. That is maybe people's opportunity to actually see a Leeds game this year it'd be kind of uh, just weird it was never this way was it even in our previous Premier League days you could pretty much get tickets for games that you wanted to it's weird how it's, yeah, it's, it's ballooned in, in an astronomical way I mean I remember having conversations with pals saying it's so frustrating seeing Leeds pissing about in the championship because if we get up and get it right we will accelerate at such a pace and yet even now I am sometimes surprised by the pace at which we have accelerated and the, the demand has shot through the roof and all it took was an Argentinian maverick it will be interesting to watch attendances this season and see if, if the theory holds true that we will sell out every game. Because I think we talked about this on the Extra Ball quite recently and, and that thing of how do you get people on the loyalty ladder. And I spoke about growing up in the George Graham era, fortunately, when he was quite good. Although, I know it's actually it's a crossover because I think I went to a game and now I think about it, it might be the first one I went to on my own as a teenager because I bought a subscription to Leeds, Leeds, Leeds magazine. You got a free match ticket and it was the first game after George Graham had fucked off and O'Leary was the caretaker and we lost to Leicester and I got a ticket in East Upper and I had an entire block of seating on my own. So Premier League, Leeds United playing against Leicester City um, and we weren't a bad team at that point. You know, we were top half of the Premier League and that entire block, and I wasn't the only one, if you looked across the East Upper, it was very sparsely attended, and I had that entire block just to myself, sat in the middle of it. But then that got that was kind of the proof of concept of like, oh, well, I got that ticket for free, and I I, could, when I worked out, oh, I can get the train from uh, the other side of the Pennines to Leeds, and I know now I work out how to get the stadium loaded on that, which the impetus of having a free ticket given to me meant I'll, I'll go and work out how I can go to Leeds games on my own. And then it meant, right, I know all that stuff now. Now I know, phone up the ticket office. Can I have a ticket for this game? Yes. Where would you like to sit? I'd like to be in the cop, please. Okay, well, there's only a few tickets left there, one down the front, and it would just come in the post and then you go to the game. And that's not been really possible for ages. And I don't know necessarily how we are so much more popular or how the Premier League is so much more popular, or even if it will turn out that after three months of the new Premier League season when Bielsa's got us 15th and Junior <laughs> Firpo's broken his legs, we can't give tickets away anymore and we are back to dishing them out for free in the uh, East Upper to anybody who wants one. And I'm the pessimistic one, eh? <laughs> On which happy night. <laughs> happy birthday, Marcelo. Have a, have a lovely day. Don't ruin us. It'll be fine. And I'm enjoying the ride. Let's enjoy the ride. Remember that. Let's enjoy the ride. 
new season's only a matter of weeks away <laughs> talking like that. Well, we haven't even got a kit. We've only signed one player. Manager hasn't even signed a contract. Wishing him happy birthday. Is he fucking staying? <laughs> Who's the sleeve sponsor? Don't even know. Pitch is probably not even grown yet. Well, exactly. Pathetic. <laughs> Shambles of a club. 75 quid for this. Have they swapped those dugouts? No. Just been down to the uh, stadium this very morning, in fact. The pavilion isn't even a pavilion. Got a bunch of people having fucking injections in their arms. So that's not good enough. Please do buy our summer special anyway. Oh, the, the summer special is good because it's about last season. And last season <laughs> and we know was it's great. All, we know it's all gone to pot now. Yeah, it's next <laughs> It's next year's summer special that's going to be miserable. <laughs> It'll be fine. Like, just get some smiles on your faces. It's gorgeous and sunshiny outside. We're within earshot of Ellen Road. Let's we have a stroll over there. Maybe, I don't know, sing come by. We can wave something. goodbye to Calvin Phillips as he's off to <laughs> sign for scum. Right, listen, we'll, uh, we'll be back next week with an update. We'll see you in a bit. The Square Ball Podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.